0: This is Social Media News Live. Hello, folks. Welcome to Social Media News Live. I'm Jeff C. And you're not.
1: And I'm Grace Duffy. And this is the show that keeps you up media, And today we've invited the amazing Monty Weaver to talk about securing profitable influencer and brand deals. We've made it our mission on this show this year to help creators succeed. And one of the ways to succeed is to make an income from your content. So last week, of course, we had Luria talking about how to grow your business and your revenue with life amazing Anna and Fojins discussing designing and branding your own live show. We had Katie Fox talking about the creator economy. And so we are capping it off today with this conversation with Monty, talking about how to monetize your work with brand deals and profitable sponsorships that work for both you as a creator and you as a brand, depending on who is watching. But <laughs> <That's right. laughs> Monty, we're so excited to have you here today.
2: I'm glad to be here. Thank you, guys. I've watched the show before, so to be a guest on the show, I'm
0: excited. Oh, man. You have no idea I'm excited to have uh, you on because, like I said, uh, I have been inside of your Facebook groups. I've uh, really benefited from your wisdom on all things brand deals and Amazon Live and Amazon, uh, you know, the influencer program, so I can't wait. If you guys don't know Monty, I I want to introduce you because he's amazing. He's an Amazon Live creator, influencer, YouTube content creator, and consultant, coach, and speaker. And he's a leader in teaching people how to get brand deals and sponsorships. He's active on Clubhouse, and you can also find him on Amazon, YouTube, and Instagram. Through his YouTube channel, over 25,000 subscribers learn the technical aspects of video and live streaming to grow their reach and monetize with the power of video. And in In 2020, Monty was introduced to a little thing called Amazon Live, a platform that allows creators the opportunity to monetize on one of the most popular shopping platforms in the world and his online community, which I am a member of now hosts over 2000 Amazon live creators and influencers. And this group has opened the doors for members looking to partner with brands and companies on collaborations and sponsorships, even with a small audience. So Monty, Monty's mission is to be the support bridge for the non techies of the world and navigate the hurdles of digital technology and social media. He knows the tremendous value of these elements in today's world and the challenges that come with them especially for new entrepreneurs and nonprofit organizations that are learning these areas. So by simplify, simplifying and speaking the non-techie language, Monty is connected with audiences around the world to help them acce- accelerate faster than they ever imagined. He is amazing. Monty, welcome to the show. I'm taking you with me. Everywhere. Uh, <laughs> oh, I just, I'm so excited to unplug my headphones. So just I like,
1: love it when people say that, because uh, we put in a gosh. lot of work into like uh, researching our guests Let's and researching their work and what they've talked about before. I'm so the
0: folks right here. So I'm like, what is this guy? That's He's what happens when you run over your, your, there we go. The headphone cable. See, I get so excited. Now I can hear everybody. Um. So yeah. So uh, Noah says Monty is the best he helps people and is very humble. He's watching over on YouTube. I agree. He is an amazing, uh, amazing person. And uh, Fanny says, Looking forward to learning more about this topic of brand deals. So, well, you've
1: come to the right place, Fanny. That's right. We are excited.
0: And I want to do big, a big shout out, which has helped me so much throughout the years, is our friends over at Ecamm. They are the sponsors of the show. You can find out more about them at socialmediauslive.com slash Ecamm. It Now 4.0 came out like last week and so multi, you can multi-stream now to 10 platforms. Uh, they have a new camera switcher. You can edit into script after you're done and my thing that I was I was bragging about to uh, Bonnie and Grace before the show, now you can have isolated video tracks for Max Silicon. So like when I'm done with this, I'll have a clean feed of all my guests, Grace, myself and I can repurpose it in any way I want. Super, super powerful. Thank you for Ekam for sponsoring the show. Media News, live.com Board slash ECM. All right. We got to get going because I know I'm going to talk too much. So I know
1: we're going to kick this off with yes. a blueprint for brand deal success. So blueprint take us for away. Business. Great. Now, in the world of influencers, bloggers, live streamers, almost anyone with an audience, brand deals tend to be seen as the pinnacle of success and making it. And this has been the case ever since, I guess, social media began. I was inking blogger campaigns <laughs> back in the day, long, long time ago. And I know there are certainly a lot of folks in that industry that have made it big Uh, and we all know that there are significant brand deals for celebrities we see that all the time we hear but we keep hearing that you don't need a huge audience example rise of the micro influencer we've talked about that quite a bit in the past and you don't necessarily need this giant massive celebrity audience to be a success but you do need an audience so i wanted to kick the show off first monty with what do we need to establish uh, or to establish our credibility as an influencer or a creator before we start hunting for those brand deals. Like what do we need to kind of like lay down before we can be putting ourselves out there and being taken seriously?
2: Yeah, One of the things that when I first got started in this space is I was just showing up and just showing up consistently on a regular basis and sharing my knowledge, my insight around technology and live streaming. And so it kind of opened up the doors to what I eventually found out was brand deals and influencer marketing. But if you can begin to show up wherever that is in this digital space on a regular and consistent basis, it definitely helps set the foundation Because ultimately, when we want to partner with brands and companies, they're going to look at our digital presence. What have we been doing in the past? Are we someone that's just brand new and we're just trying to figure it out? Or have we actually been doing something for a little bit of time, whether that's six months, a year, two years? We've actually been showing up on platforms and providing value. And that value ultimately starts to bring us an audience of people that are tuning in to watch us on YouTube live and Facebook and every other platform that we want to be on. So that's really the foundation of getting started is just show up and show up consistently on your platforms.
0: Mm. So we got our, our pal Dustin Stout here uh, saying uh, showing up is half the battle. That's, that's a great GI Joe. I keep he's a call back to GI Joe. Um, so Monty, I wanted to ask you, um, we kind of teased it at this, the top of the show. What kind of following You know, do you you want to have when you're you're first starting with like your brand deals? Like, do you have to have like ten thousand followers? Is there like a hard number before you even start thinking about um, a brand deal?
2: No, I I will give you the lowest number that I have personally seen, and it has been four followers, four. (laughs) And I was like, how did we manage to pull this off? And it was really around how that person shows up. The, the they show up in a space all the time. This is what they do. So if you looked at their regular resume, not their what I refer to as a digital resume, but just a regular resume of what they do, they have credibility in their space already. And so when they show up on a social platform or when they speak to an audience of people that they haven't curated on their own, they are actually bringing value to that audience. So with without having the, the, the one type of person that Mm -hmm. can come to the table with four subscribers, I found that like the 2000, 1000, 2000 area is like that really good beginner point, because it shows that you have gotten people to actually come and follow you and to subscribe to you. But more importantly, it's just getting them to engage with you. They're, they're actually responding to the videos you're putting up there. They're leaving things in the comment sections. They're asking questions. They're sharing it out. They're they're tagging you. That I think that is a really good foundational number to just know that, okay, if I can just build an, a core group of people that are just gonna show up, they might not show up every single day or every single post, but they are engaged in the content that you're putting out. there. I think that's a really good number if someone just wanted to use numbers. But at the end of the day, it's really the the, the content that's really going to help to secure those brand deals.
0: Yeah, and I know it's the smaller influencers, uh, like you mentioned, 1,000, 2,000. I don't know if they're – I get confused. It's a micro or nano or, you know, whoever, small <laughs> followings. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times brands like that because of the algorithms, the way they work, like on Instagram or something like that. There's actually more engagement with those small uh, followers. And so I think brands are slowly seeing that, yeah, that's a good investment and you can move the needle with some of these smaller followers.
2: Yeah. Yeah. If you have 10 people that all have a thousand followers, that's. 10,000 people. Right. So rather than going up to the one person with 10,000, let me go after a bunch of different micro nano influencers that have a thousand strong, faithful, committed people that are, you know, they're listening. They're they're paying attention to what that person has to say. And brands are starting to really take notice that that's probably a better way for them to allocate that marketing budget. Mm.
1: So Monty, I have a quick question for you because I've been on the brand side of this as far as like deals, and I've also been on the creator side of this as far as deals. And um, I want to make a comment about like your reputation because a lot of us are building our personal brands, our personalities. We're very public. We're on the social media sites, and uh, sometimes some people have a you know kind of mouth off or whatever. And we just have this like, you it's it's really a small industry when it comes down to it, right? Like your reputation matters a lot and not to say that you should compromise yourself or your beliefs or anything. So what advice do you have as far as like maintaining that personal brand online if you're looking for uh, brand deals or maintaining a positive uh, reputation when you're looking for these brand deals?
2: Yeah, I think that's something that's not discussed enough, but cleaning up your social media is a good thing. Just going back I know you got your opinions and your thoughts on everything in the world. But if you want to work with a brand that may not align themselves with the same thoughts that you have or opinions that you have, it's going to be really difficult to find a compromise on that. So removing things that could potentially cause that deal to not go through to could potentially cause someone to not even respond to your email because they go to your social media and they see that, you know, you're, you're, you're kind of all over the place. You, you, you go there for a brand deal about a certain product or service, but you're all the way over in right field talking about all your opinions on everything that's going on in the world. And you spend more <laughs> time doing that versus actually giving value to your audience. So i'm I'm so glad you asked that i think people overlook that and that's one of the reasons that i'm very aware of what i put on my social like my opinions are my opinions and i'll i'll keep them to myself and i'll share them personally but on social media is not the place if you're really looking to collaborate with some of these bigger established brands because they're really aware of what's going on now it's no secret of all the things that you know happened in 2020 and 2021 like brands are aware of what's going on so they're not going to align themselves with things that you know could look bad for the company as well
0: yeah it's yeah. funny because i'm trying to get that i have younger kids and i'm trying to get that across to them like listen this stuff sticks around you know having some digital courage doesn't always you know it may hurt you in the long run uh our friend holly homer uh uh grace used to say i am toast when it comes to the internet like i am as exciting as toast or controversial as toast is the way she wants to it. and <laughs> i was like that like just be toast so uh,
1: just, that. Be just, toast. Just, just be just well i was even i was even gonna say how you um how you handle yourself when you're negotiating it because like i it's a small industry and we all talk to each other that's all right. i gotta say for you right. people wanting brand deals right
0: <laughs> so on that on that note money and once again everybody watches the show knows that I, uh, use this for free consulting. Um, but yes, uh, how, when, when it comes to brand deals, like, who do you want to work with? Like, how do you, you know, you know, when you're looking at what do you, who you want to partner with, who do you, how do you determine who you want to you know work with as a creator or influencer?
2: Yeah. So at this stage of where I'm at, it's like the big tech brands, like mm-hmm. the big tech brands. Um, if you asked me two years ago, I would have told you like I don't care, like any anybody, I'll work with anybody because <laughs> is this even possible that somebody would want to work with me? And I think when, when when a lot of us are learning about this space or trying to get into this space, we accept deals from any and everybody that may even not align directly with what you want to do. But it is important to really understand, okay, Hey, right now, 2023, I have value as someone that puts up content on social media as someone that shares the things that I love. I'm I'm in the tech space. So Mm -hmm. if I talk about microphones and cameras and computers and lights, Chances are, people are going to relate to that. If I start talking about kitchen appliances, because the top kitchen, uh, look, I don't even know who makes refrigerators, (laughs) air fryers, nothing like. But if they saw that I have an audience of people and they want me to promote their product, it's not going to be a good fit for me. I'm I'm going to struggle even trying to talk about it. It Could be the best air fryer in the world. But it, one, it doesn't align with my audience. It doesn't align with that consistent message I've built over time. It's just so far out of my wheelhouse. So it doesn't make sense to to work with those types of brands just because I have an audience. That's where the value exchange just doesn't make sense. But the companies that do align with me, the, the brands I've already made purchases from, I, I think about all the the tech stuff that I own Mm -hmm. and those companies, okay, I bought this brand, I bought that brand. Well, wouldn't it just make sense for me to say, hey, brand, I love your stuff. I use it all the time. Let's do some type of collaboration together. And those are the easiest. Those just make more sense overall.
0: Yeah. In fact, that's how um, with Ecamm that we were able to like I was using them way before I even started this show and I was a fan of them. So I reached out and, you know, it, it worked out and it's been a match made in heaven. But uh, one of the things that um, I think is really important is that you were very deliberate, like even building your YouTube channel and the content you were creating. And that led to those brand deals with those big tech companies because you saw and you were very deliberate in the content you were putting out. So I think that's key. One of the things I wanted to ask, so let's say there's a new creator, they're starting to get traffic, they've got these people reaching out to them, these brands reaching out to them. Um, what kind of research should you do before approach, uh, have, you know, making a deal with a brand or even going and approaching a brand? Are there like some resources? Like, is there a, like a website where you can like a glass door for brands or whatever where you can figure out <laughs> if they're good or not? I mean, or how they work with creators. Yeah. So
2: if there is, I haven't used it yet because. Gotcha. The way I've like, so my background has been tech all the way through as long as I can remember. So I'm used to going in and like manually checking things and making sure things work. So I say that to say, I'll go directly to the brand social medias that um, I'm interested in. So Mm -hmm. I'll go to their Instagram, I'll go to their YouTube channels. I'll, I'll, I'll seek out what they're doing there because the value that I personally add to them is giving them content that's on social media. Mm-hmm. So if they're not active, it's a really good opportunity for me to say, hey, I'm o- I'm on this platform. You're not on this platform. Let me help you gain some traction over here. Let me create some content over here for you. And that has worked really well for me. I love going into the comments and seeing, hey, what questions are customers asking the brand that maybe they're not responding back to? Um, do they have any community groups where I can be a part of and provide value in those groups? And you do this stuff without asking them up front. You just go ahead and just be involved and show them that you're there. Because one thing I share with people is if someone makes a post, especially like a Facebook post, and nobody responds, the person that posted that knows nobody responds. (laughs) But as soon as they get that first response, they're like, oh my gosh, somebody Responded. What did they right. say? Right. And typically I like to be like the only person that responds to this post. And so I get their attention. They see who I am and then people get nosy. Right. So they right. start clicking. <laughs> Let me go to that social profile. Let me see what he's doing on Facebook. Let me see what he's doing on Instagram. And so that's how I build a lot of relationships when I've been doing my brand collabs.
0: That's genius. That is a hack right there for everybody. And do it in a way that's not spammy. Like I see people in there trying to be really, you know, hey, I can do this for you for this amount of money. You're trying to build a relationship, and and nobody has built a relationship when somebody comes and starts pitching to them the first thing they say. So I think that point was really good.
2: Show value. Like it's literally like I'll answer questions for people. But when the brand sees that you're answering the question you're answering it correctly, they just pay more attention to you. Like, oh. Thank you. You just saved us time. You you helped us retain a customer that might have been upset because they're not getting a solution. So there there's some value that comes along with that. You know, it's a you play a long game with it, but sometimes you play a really short game. I've literally got responses in 24 hours. Say, hey, we saw that you watched our YouTube video. We're interested to see what um, you could do when it comes to this particular thing. So it's it's worked really really well for me. Very very cool.
1: Okay, Monty, so beyond doing a great show or great thing for your group week after week, producing this great review, answering those questions like you just suggested and being an excellent affiliate, these are just some things to get brands attention, but what else can you do to attract a brand's attention to um, get them to actively invest in us, right? Is it enough to just do your thing and hope that somebody notices, like you're answering those questions and you're hoping that they notice or are you doing something more proactive kind of to curry that along
2: yeah yeah so there are a lot of like um events we were talking about this before the show um there are a lot of physical in-person events starting to pick back up now and so when you go to these events building a relationship with these marketing coordinators the, the people that are behind the booth letting them know what you do and and Either letting them know that, hey, I'm using your product, I'm using your service, but I also create content uh, around it. Like, what can we do? Do you have another event maybe I can volunteer and be a part of? I, I literally watched a person in my community. She volunteered at one of the events and I I couldn't find her. She was like, hey, I wanna meet you, you're here. So I'm looking for her and I I saw her and I went back upstairs and came back down. She's behind the booth, working the booth (laughs) with the brand and helping them get customers. And I'm just like, who does that? And of course they end up doing a brand deal collab, but it's these going over and above uh, little things because she could have been doing anything else, but to get behind the booth and say, Hey, I want to help bring customers over here because of her personality type. I already know your product, I already know your service. And she had a lot of people over there that I don't think they would have curated by themselves. So along with just, you know, giving, giving that support back to the brand's current customer base, you know, going over and beyond and little things, just like going to an event, saying hi, shaking hands, building that relationship is really key. This is a whole relationship business. Um, and, and you want to do something that just stands out a little bit more. Mm, great advice. That's great
1: advice. And also a little bit of a promo to uh, get out there and do these in-person events. I know that's hard for some people and they're like, oh, why should we be doing this? But here's the reason you that face-to-face time can't replace it. Yeah.
0: So um, what else can we do, like, you know, you know, to get these brands interested in us? You mentioned some things going in there, and, you know, con- is there anything you do to continue the relationship? So let's say you get a brand deal, right? Um, after it's over, do you just go... All right. See you later. I mean, what are the steps you take to, like, continue the relationship? Because it, the more we dive into this, we're hearing that word relationship and, you know, providing value and all of that. So I would love to know the things that you do to continue that relationship after even that first brand deal is finished.
2: Yeah. So here, here's my notepad of stuff. <laughs> Seasonal things that happen. Um, I'm I'm always paying attention to that. So if a particular brand I work with, maybe I work with in the, in the spring of the year and we haven't done anything throughout the year, I'll reach back out and say, Hey, last spring we did this. This is Mm. how it worked, how it performed. Um, I love to work with brands over longer periods of time. It keeps that relationships four months, six months, a year at a time. That way you're constantly talking to them. Um, You're involved coming with ideas for them. Um, uh, I, I kind of, playing that consultant space sometimes for them too, uh, with a, platforms like Amazon Live where some brands have no idea what it's all about. Literally, hey, hey, your product is on Amazon. Like we need to boost some sales through this particular re- avenue. Uh, how do we do that? OK, well, let's have that conversation. Let's talk about it a little bit more. Um, I love to feature products uh, in my content. So Instagram or YouTube, I'll just grab something and I'll feature it and then I'll send an email to the brand and say, hey, just wanted. To to let you know what I had going on. Um, that's how I've kept one brand. Uh, we're constantly doing stuff for the last two years. It's, hey, I just created this video, not asking for anything, don't need promotion of it. Just wanna let you know, I created content and I featured it and here's some results of it. So those things go, people, it's a business. Mm-hmm. They like sales, they like viewership. So if you're helping a business generate sales, ultimately they're going. they're going to, take note of what you're doing and pay attention to that and see what they can do to get behind you and, and promote you. I've had brands say, Hey, we were sharing it within our internal team. They love what you're doing. Keep it up. So it just lets me know, okay, there is value here. And so when I reach out for something uh, it's a lot easier to get them to respond. And I think, uh, a lot of people take that for granted. If you can just get a company to respond to you and just say, hey, yeah, we're, we, we're just not gonna cast you aside and go work with someone else yeah. because they can. There's there's thousands of creators they can go work with, but why do they continue want to come back and work with you? Because I just say, hey, I'm just still doing this. I still know you're there. I'm talking about your product, talking about your service, because a lot of the brands that I, I work with and deal with, I'm already a customer of, so it's right. so easy for me to do it. It's not something I'm literally thinking about. It's Oh, I'd use this. Let me just send them an email real quick because I'm using it today. Like, I use this every single day. Every
0: yeah. single day. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That's a great place, I think, for start. And so, uh, one of the things um, that I'd love to get your, your take on, because uh, from our audience, they've actually asked for this, you know, they want to do a show on. Uh, media kit so we're in a couple weeks we're going to do a whole show on media kits but we'd love to get your take on it so for folks who don't have a media kit like what should you include in terms of like stats demographics details in your media kit and i know a lot of people are like scared to do them because they don't think they have enough numbers to show like they only have like maybe you know 300 followers on linkedin or 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 wherever and they're like man when i put a media kit together it just shows that i don't have very many people so what do you tell (laughs) those people and what should they include Wow!
2: Yeah, I'm gonna tune into your show one because (laughs) I'm still working on my media kit. Right. So I don't have a legit media kit. I'm working on it. Mm -hmm. So what I would get a lot of responses from brands that just showed my credibility in the marketplace. So using some of the strategies I said, I said, and every so often the one would say, "Hey, do you have a media kit?" And I'd be like. Let me put something together real quick on what I have right. done in the right. past. Um, but the key things that I found that they really want on my media kit um, is where I show up online. So I'll make sure that I put my social platforms that I actually use. If I don't use it that often, I just leave it off. I'll put on their other brands that I've worked with. So that's really a, a really good thing to have on there so that they can see that you're you know, you you've done this before. You understand the ropes. Now, if you haven't done it before, you want to think about affiliate. Uh, companies that you might have worked with in the past. Um, I do put things about my audience on there. So I go into the platform, especially more so YouTube, that shows the demographics. I do consider my psychographics, like what is my audience actually like? What do they actually do? Are they are there techies like me? Are they uh, videographers, photographers? Mm-hmm. Like who are these people really? And I like to put a line item in there or a little blurb paragraph of who the people actually are And then, obviously, I put my analytics, some of the subscriber counts and view numbers and things of that nature. But I really try to highlight what I can do for a brand. Like I live stream and a lot of people that don't live stream, um, they're missing out because live streaming is a thing that a lot of the brands and companies just don't want to do. They don't know how to do it. They don't have the capacity to do it. Uh, They don't know how the know how of what's going on in this live streaming world um photography like i've been trying to take more good pictures so i'll add on some like better pictures on my media kit now Mm -hmm. i've kind of replaced some of the old ones that were just screen grabs like i've actually taken pictures that are high-res pictures and included that on the media kit any speaking engagements because i've actually done that a couple times which is kind of crazy um (laughs) all because of working with brands so i get invited to talk about working with brands so now i'm a speaker so added that line item on there if you've written a book like Mm -hmm. these words that may just sound simple or normal they're a big deal i know they are for me as i'm growing like speaker is a big deal like someone that says author that's a big deal so i think the brands do pay attention to that um along with you know some of the uh, other view metrics and subscriber metrics
0: yeah so i want to bring up some comments real quick from uh, our group before we we head on to the next section, but, uh, Eileen says, hi friends. And so, uh, Eileen, I'm, she's active in your group as well. So I'm glad to see her here. Uh, friend, Ross brand says, Hey gang, I was able to hang out him with podcast. And Nikki O'Connor says, um, thank you two for bringing so much awesome content to us. So I'm sure, I'm sure she's talking about grace and Monty oh, there. Thanks. Um, and, uh, then also we've got our pal, Chris Stone going, he, uh, that uh, you are the brand deal goat, which is awesome. And I agree. And this is really interesting too, from our pal Dustin Stout, who I've known for ages. He goes confession: I've made tens of thousands from brand deals and never had a media kit either. LOL. Uh, and he said <laughs> he's always just had a single page on his website that shares oh. his info about his stats, analytics, and demographics. So there, there. So to be honest, this this thing we're doing in a couple of weeks, I'm excited about it too because I have done many late nights in Canva. Uh, Throwing together a media kit for a brand who wanted something to do, you're like, okay, what I got to do? So, uh, yeah, this this will be a good uh, uh, kind of a thing for all of us. So,
1: but having a page on your site's good too. I mean, it doesn't have to be a PDF or anything. Having a page where people can find you is great. So.
0: Yes. Yeah. All right. So let's take off for this. This is a good one, too. Refining your pitch. So Grace, I know you had some questions on this. Yes.
1: So. OK. Being on the show and also the various jobs I've had, I get a lot of pitches via email and LinkedIn and they always end up in spam, not because I'm spamming them, because they just. Do. So I want to know what is the best way to reach out to potential partners, whether you're a brand or a creator, because you don't want to end up in that spam box. And there is some value in there when I go out and I clear it up and I'm like, oh, I'm so sad I missed this thing, right? You don't want to be missed. How can you not be missed? Yeah.
2: I, I like to see if I can find a, a person, the direct person. I don't want to go to marketing at brand.com, influencers at brand.com. I'm trying to find the person that is either responsible or has some type of uh, knowledge of who I can go and talk to that works with brands or works with influencers and content creators. So that's that's my first thing. I'd, I'd like to uh, do a video uh, in my emails or you know some type of video where they can go and reference versus just a uh, paragraph. Hey, my name is Monty, I do this, this, this. Like I want you to go see what I've done because that's the biggest way for me to show my no, like of the, the the specific tool or thing that I'm trying to get a brand deal for. So I really like just leveraging video if all possible. Um, and then again, like I mentioned earlier, I'll just go to their social media. Nobody else is commenting. I go leave comments on it. They see it and then they reach out. Um, I've been you doing a lot more like attraction marketing, which has been really good for me but the only way i can do that is by having a lot of content out there so if i sell them to go reference something and they go see it like real quick either they know they want to work with me or reach out to me or something like that um and when they reach out like i think that's a big deal too because that means they're really interested in it so yeah don't go into the spam folder because if you go into the spam folder you'll never get seen
0: yeah so i want to talk real quick you know On this pitch, and I'm going to use a real-life example because I I did this recently for a brand. So I do a lot of woodworking stuff. I love – I nerd out about all that stuff. I've done some live streams about that. And there was this really nice, like, laser engraver. Like, I really want it. You know, I wanted it. So um, I reached out to a brand and said, hey, look, I do these live streaming shows to talk about wood carving. Um, I I sell on Amazon Live, you know, and I'm on Pinterest and all these other places. Uh, I would love to talk to you about doing some sort of brand deal. So was that right? What do I need to do different? How should I be not, I don't want to be spammy. I don't want to be cheesy or lame, but I don't want to be, I don't, I want to be strong enough, but not too strong. So what kind of wording do you use when you like reach out to these brands when when you're kind of it's almost a cold call because they don't they didn't ask me for anything it was me like hey I I love your stuff I want to use it kind of a thing
2: yeah I am very very simple in my emails they might be a two liner so in addition to like a link to a video. Hey, my name is Monty Weaver. I'm on YouTube. I'm on Amazon. I'm a customer of your products. Recently, I started uh, using an item or I'm interested in featuring this to my audience. Uh, and that's it. Like, I'll leave it just like that. I'll leave, I won't I will even give them a question to respond or say, hey, uh, reach out if you're interested. I'll kind of just make it a statement mm. that I'm sending it to. It. And it's two liners. And it works. I got to get about 50, 50, 70, 70 30 sometimes depending on the brand but it's really quick really simple and if it's with the brand that i've already um with the brand that i've already been a customer before mm-hmm. typically it works a lot better than a brand that sure. i've never worked with um or if it's a niche specific thing like yours there's not a lot of people reaching out anyway so right, right. Uh, they can just see what i've already done or I've highlighted them before in the past they just they eat that all
0: up they eat it up Okay. Good. Well, I'm glad I did. It's somewhat right. So, uh, cause if you're watching, I I'm still there. I'd really like that laser gray, <laughs> by the way. So <laughs> do you right want there. to shout
1: out a specific person? No, I don't, you know? I don't want to do that. No. <laughs> okay. Okay. No, okay. okay. No, no. But yeah, but this is like a good segue into like having to pitch yourself. Right. So if you've ever had to write those emails, DMs yeah, like, like Jeff was just talking about, you never what it to say it's just cheesy, whatever. So do you have a template or a draft that you use when you put it out there or, or like, how do you what do you say like I sometimes i get caught up in and like what do you say right like how do you position yourself you don't want to come off as too cheesy or too bland or but or too salesy mm
2: mm-hmm. yeah i have a template and like i said it's so simple that like when i send it i'm like they're not going to read this but if you yes. send it to the one person <laughs> they read it so it, it that's it, it's just amazing how that just works um but if you put something in the header That really gets their attention, um, that they're not familiar with or just says what you've done for them in the past. Prime example. Let me see. So there's a company. I have their equipment over here. And I said, I'm having a conference and I'm looking for equipment to use. I think your 4K switcher would be awesome. Like Mm. that was it.
1: Mm -hmm. And then they
2: responded back to me. But I also left a comment on their YouTube channel in conjunction with it. So you couldn't help but see that I'm reaching out for you. But going back to what you said at the beginning, Grace, I I really believe when they go and they looked at my social and they saw what I've already done in the past and there's not a whole bunch of stuff going on there to distract them, it's easier for them to just reach back out and say, hey, let's have a conversation versus... Mm -hmm you know what we we, this is the perfect email that email could be perfect but if they go to my socials and see that i either have no social proof there or i'm just all over the place they wouldn't reach out and so Mm -hmm. i don't even think it's the 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 pitch the initial pitch it's the what are you currently doing on your platforms that even makes it attractive for a brand to want to work with you regardless of your numbers or subscriber count are your pictures just a little bit better? Are you featuring the product in a different and unique way? Are you showing up every single day highlighting that product or service in your business? Do you have some type of membership community and you're already referring it? Are you an affiliate of the company and you're already generating sales? So it's like, what are these other metrics that they can actually look and see that you're doing something ahead of time? I'm I'm just all about if I can just bring all this value to the plate, I I have looked at the emails I have sent Jeff and saw all the misspellings in it and still got response. <laughs> so I know it's not the email. It's something <laughs> else. And,
0: and so, uh, Martin says, uh, oh yes, the email subject line is the best place of text real estate to stand out and get a read. So yeah. yes, that's great. Thanks Martin for watching over there on LinkedIn. So yeah. So cool.
1: Okay. So you've set the pitch misspellings and all whatever (laughs) just just put it out there right manifest into the universe comes back to you right how long should you wait before you follow up and how often should you be following up because you don't want to be like you know badgering the people but at the same time like sometimes i know i personally sometimes see a nudge or i'll see something i'll be like oh thank you for emailing me again thank you for reminding me but you kind of want to get on that side of it not the oh my gosh yeah (laughs) Right. So how often did we be following up?
2: If it's a brand I really, really, really want to work with, and I think I have the credentials to work with them, I'll follow up in about a week. Um, sometimes you get that out of office. And so if I get the out of office, I'll make sure that I'll follow up pretty much two times because the first one, they, they probably won't read if they're like me. I'm not going back through all these emails. And if it doesn't look like something very important, it's going into the trash can. So I'll, I'll follow up once um. after I send that initial one. And then I'll just reach back out to them, you know, later in the year, if I'm working on something again, uh, where it comes up, but I don't badger them. I, I, there's, there's a lot of competitors in the tech space. So chances are, if I'm working with one, I can't work with the other anyway. And so if I'm sending three pitches to three different brands and one responds, that's the brand I'm going to be working with for a while. And then Eventually, they'll see that I'm working with their competitors and then they're like, hey, we want to work with you now, too. So uh, that's that's always a fun thing to have to deal with. But uh, <laughs> I, I follow about one time and then that's about it. I'll move on. and I'll come back to them later. Gotcha. All
0: right. right, So let's get back to like the the brass tacks. So like the core issue of hand. And I know we've got we're we're pressed on time. So I'm going to really power through this. But like, let's talk about the negotiation phase of the brand deal. Like, I know people who are first starting out with brand deal. Number one, they don't know what to charge. I mean, there's not really a, a standard that I could find anywhere, like how much per follower or whatever, like how much do you charge? And like, you know, what do you leverage or offer when you're negotiating a deal? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I, I I have rates in my head that I'll use as my baselines. I am willing to move off of my rates depending on the brand. So if it's a brand new person just starting out, one of the things I just say is, hey, do your free in-kind relationship. get Build build up how the steps you need to do a brand deal. So a company wants to send you something. They want a video in return for it. It's your first time doing it. Second time doing it. Take the deal, especially if it makes sense. They're asking for a post or a quick video. Just take the deal, build up your resume. So after you've done a few free deals on your media kit, you can start to put all these brands that you've collaborated with. And then it moves into this thing, this mental for me of, oh, I bring value. So when I create this video or I create this post, you are going to get some type of result from this. And so my images are one rate my videos are a different rate if they want me to live stream it's a different rate but what i really like to do is package things together that just make it simple for me as the creator so just like here and just like you talked about ecamm we are doing a live stream right now Mm. but after the fact you can take the isos and create vertical videos you can create youtube videos. You can create a uh, Instagram reels. You can create a lot of content out of the live stream. So rather than selling them like a photo for a small rate, let me say you a live stream, Facebook post, Instagram post, Pinterest post. I can do all of that, but I only did one actual thing, which was a live stream interview. And right. so when I package the deal, it just makes way more sense. That way I can ask for more because I'm actually gonna be delivering them more at the end of the day. Yeah.
1: So Monty, have you ever had the experience of walking away from a deal that simply didn't suit you? You don't have to tell us any names or any brands or anything, but I just wanna know how you came to a decision and you might've handled, because we've been so focused on like getting the deal, but sometimes you get into then you're like, you know, this really isn't like, this isn't really working out for me and my life or, you know, I feel compromised as a creator. Like how, how have you ever handled, have you ever had to have that experience of having to back out and be like, you know, thank you, but no, thank you. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I've
2: I've had a couple, I've had a couple, I've had a a product arrive that looked like it was one thing. It said it was one thing. And when I got it, I was like, I can't, do this. This isn't what I thought it was. Like, it's tech, yeah. but it's not for my audience. This is not going to work. And so we had to come to a compromise, like, hey, I can tell who this product is for, but I can't promote this product because it's mm. just is not a good fit for my audience. It's a good fit for a different audience, just not my audience. Um, obviously, if the money doesn't work out. Hey, they want certain deliverables at a certain rate, and it's not going to work that way that deal is off. um, If they want certain deliverables that I just don't do, like I am not a Twitter person. So if you want me to tweet about the product and do the YouTube video, well, I don't have a Twitter audience. Matter of fact, I don't use Twitter like that. So I can't do this deal. I'm not gonna go sign up just for it. Um, Mm -hmm. Time deliverables. Sometimes people want things in in 20 days, 30 days or whatever. If it doesn't align with my personal schedule, my content schedule, I can't move off of that date, so I've I haven't done deals because they it by a certain time. Um, but yeah, so there's there's always yeah there there's the good there's the bad there's right. the ugly side of the whole thing. Right. Um, but as long as you stand your ground on you know yeah. the things that you believe in as your your space on this digital landscape, you know your yeah. platforms, the other opportunities will come. That's Hands down will happen. Other opportunities will come Um, and, and saying no to certain deals. Make room for your better deals. And I've had some really, really good deals where I literally like the next week I look and I'm like, oh, all they want is this for like three times that oh okay yeah I'm <laughs> glad I didn't take that deal right. so yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah they work all out in the
0: end well speaking of compromise and time to get money on this show we had to cut it off early so we're gonna uh, give you plenty of time money for you to talk about your show and one of the things that I'm a big fan of and that I go to right after our show is your group that you have uh, about all this kind of stuff which I find very very helpful and I, I would I highly recommend getting inside of money's group but i'll let you talk about all the stuff all the places you are and where you want people to go because uh you do put out some really great content
1: yeah
0: yeah i
2: appreciate it uh youtube you can find me over there um just search my name monty weaver on youtube Montyweaver.com is the website talk a lot about tech over there um on both of those two platforms and then obviously amazon is kind of the place i'd really like to be uh, montyweaver.live. It'll take you over to Amazon. I do live streams over there, shoppable videos over there. And then I have a Facebook community called Amazon live creators, uh, 2,000 people there, sellers, influencers, content creators, whatever you want to call them, but they're there learning how to monetize on the Amazon platform. So I've been doing that since 2020, which has been really incredible. Um, And just looking forward to seeing the whole entire growth of this creator economy. Awesome.
1: Jeff and I are both in your group. It is amazing. And if you're new to live video or just trying to figure out or want to up your game, Follow Monty on Amazon. He, he has all of his lists there. Just, just go. Just, just purchase, 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 purchase. Go. Bye, 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 bye. You just don't even. Don't think. Just buy. So, just buy.
0: I go look at his camera <laughs> stuff and drool all the time. So, Monty, I appreciate you uh, being here. I appreciate all the folks watching: Dustin, Nikki, Martin, uh, Jim, all of you folks that I did not mention. Thank you so much for watching the show. Uh, if you have any questions about Amazon or Amazon Live or any of uh, you know making brand deals, feel free to at Mention myself or Monty or any of us uh, down below where you're watching from, and I know that Money does a great job, and he'll he'll jump in there and answer those questions. Yes. Thank you, guys. We wouldn't be able to do the show without you. Thank you to our sponsor, Ecamm for uh, letting us uh, do this show every week. You can find out more about them at socialmedianewslive.com forward slash Ecamm And with that, we'll see you guys next time. Bye, everybody. Bye,
1: everyone. Social media news live.